Welcome to the interviewer with Beef Tech. I'm here with a um, psychic and astrologer and has her own YouTube channel. And she's my sister, Denise Siegel. How you doing? Hey, Artie. Hi. How you doing? Good. What's what's going on? Are you calling yourself Beef Tech on this? Should I call you Beef Tech? Yeah, that's my name. Okay, beef check. All right, cool. Well, I mean, I that's just the sh- I just use that because right. um, it's just a little bit more original than Artie. I mean, yeah, I go by both tech. on the show, but okay, beef all right, tech, good. Yeah, all right, okay, that's cool. All right, I wasn't sure. Yeah. So, okay. uh, what are you up to today? Nothing. Not really much. Just uh, okay. doing talking to you and. Hanging outside. What about you? Um, nothing. Just talking to you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, we're going to talk about some of our uh, childhood stuff. Right. Freaky, kind of alieny stuff. Right. right. Yeah. So this is something that I talked about on my podcast a little bit. Um, I went into it a little bit on my podcast on Anchor. Um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. It's kind of interesting. It sort of dovetails with with what we're going to talk about now from your perspective, but basically there was a period there like from about, I guess it would have been the summer of eighth grade going into eighth grade or I think that's what, right. That's right. So it would have been like 1980, about 1980 when, um, when we lived in Wilmette in this townhouse and yeah. There was like a multiple story townhouse, if you remember, it was like really long and skinny. So there's the basement, then you'd walk into the front area and there was like next to that, there was the, the garage, then you walk up the steps and then on one side, there's the living room and on the left side, there was a the kitchen, then you walk up some more steps and then there was mom's room and there's a bathroom on her level and then you walk up some more steps and there was my room on the left and your room on the right and there was a bathroom there and... um so we were kind of isolated from the rest of the house. Our bedrooms were up on the top floor. And yeah. there was a lot of really crazy stuff that happened that summer. And I remember it started with, uh, I was talk, I was hang, hanging out with, remember Nicole, my, my friend Nicole Limeberry? Yeah, I um, believe it. Yeah. And and all my other friends that I had during that period of time that were kind of all more friends of hers, but they were also my friends, um, Natasha and Valerie and a bunch of other girls. And what, as I was anyway, I was walking down the street with, with Nicole. And this was kind of a little bit after I had the back injury and I had been come home from the hospital in Canada and... Um, so I was kind of reconnecting with all my friends at that time. And I was hanging out with her, walking down the street, going to that park. If you remember that park, that was like, you walk past Herbinger Drugs and you kept going and there was like a big park yeah. that was there. Um, so we were walking down the street one day and there was um, all of a sudden, like it was kind of dusk period of time and summertime was nice and everything out. And we heard this, noise like this 
coming from the bushes and we both screamed and we ran. We just took off running back home because we we're like, what the hell was that? So we came home. That was the what first. Was it? I don't know. But, but so then the next time it happened was this is all the lead up that ended up happening to was the it, weird black line. Was this the same night as the line in the sky? No, the it, ha- it happened like that happened probably within a few days of this of this of these this sort of lead up thing that was happening so that was the first thing then the next thing was i was talking to the boy that i was you know i was in whatever seventh grade going into eighth grade it was you know we held hands and kissed each other that was but we were boyfriend and girlfriend whatever and i was talking to him on the phone his name was nick and he had a bunch of his friends over and i was talking to him and all of a sudden i heard somebody come on the line and go and i thought it was him i thought he was saying like what the hell was it? Well, I I thought it was him, like just covering up the you know the receiver and saying that to me for the first time, thinking like he couldn't say it in front of his friends, and so I just said I love you too, and he said I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. I was like okay, um, so that was kind of strange. So I was like this is getting weird. I was having some other weird experiences, like he hurt himself, and I felt this like I got hurt like the same time I, I like I got a pain where he was hurt. all this weird it just started building up like weirder and weirder stuff started happening um and then um I just remember being scared all the time around that time of that time right, of, right. life well, that was a really so. So what was happening at night, and I couldn't sleep that summer at all because, so the first thing that physical that I saw happen, so it was building up to all these really weird things. I had these beings coming to into the room at night, like trying to pull me out of my body. The, some of them were like hooded beings and I, I saw them walk into my door and I would think I was awake, but I would really realize that I was sleeping, but I was totally conscious and I they'd be trying to pull me out of my body and I'd be struggling with them and I could feel something on top of me it was really scary and this was happening nightly during this period of time um so right around that time I was walking with our neighbor Leslie down the street who was another friend of mine around the cul-de-sac and you remember where it was it was like in that one part of the cul-de-sac where there was uh, like a house, you know, like an open area, and then there were houses on the other side. And as you would, I think it was that Wilmot Avenue that was called, like the houses like that butted up against Wilmot Avenue. And, I think so. And I, I was, I don't know how I knew where this was. I just knew. I walked to this place, and I looked up, and I'm like, there was a line, and it looked like it was cut out of the sky in black, and in Chicago at that time, it's, you've got all the clouds, it's really humid, and the, and the light pollution is really intense, so it almost always looks like it's kind of like dusk, even when it's really, at the time, that's how it was. I don't know if, if it's always like that still now, but that's how it was when we were living in Wilmette. It was, there was a lot of light pollution, so it just appeared like the sky was kind of pinkish um, all the time. And this line was just cut right into the sky in total blackness. But you couldn't see it. If you walked two inches one way or two inches another way, you couldn't see it. You could only see it from this one exact place. And I and I stood there, I was looking at it, and I thought, this is so freaking weird. It just, it's like, like it looks like a cut. 
looked like a cut in the sky. And yeah, I could verify this audience, people. This was uh, this line, this dark, it was very dark line, and then it looked like a little bit of a, and it went way up, and it looked like a little bit of a, like a white around it, like an aura thing, but the, the main part of it was really dark black, as far as I remember. Yes, it and was. It just was, it was really weird. I don't know. What, what do you think it is now since later well, years? Well, at the time I didn't have any clue. And I remember I showed it to her. I had her stand where I was and she saw it. And then I came and got you and mom and you guys saw it. I thought it was at the time. I just, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. In retrospect, I think it might've been some kind of, um, cause I've done a lot of research on this stuff since then and had other experiences. I think it might've been some kind of, either like a portal or something like that, like some kind of space-time sort of rip or something like that is what I think it was. I think it was yeah. a rip in space-time or something. It was so freaking weird. And then that same night that we saw the black line, that night I came back to the bedroom and there was a moth that was the size of a bird, like about the size of a robin, okay? Ooh. Yes. Which is really big. And it had these glowing red eyes and it had like a, a, a fetus like face okay it had a humanoid face it was so fucking creepy and it was Ugh. and it had and his eyes were kind of glowing it was like a it had a, like a red glow and i thought maybe you know maybe it was just a reflection of the light or whatever in the room i don't know but anyway um so i tried to get it i tried to I mean, it was really scary. And when it looked at you, it felt like it was looking into your soul. It was super, super creepy. So I, I, I ran at it. I pounded on the window. I screamed. I, I did everything to try to get it to leave. It wouldn't leave. It wasn't. And so mom um, came up and saw it because she's heard me screaming and freaking out. And she was like, okay, I'll, I'll throw some stuff up from the, from the balcony below um, uh, the, where the, uh, the deck was. Yeah. And she was throwing like rocks up at it and it was hitting the window, but it didn't phase the thing at all. It was not, it didn't even wow. flinch. And so I just felt like it was watching me. And so I, I would, I closed my window. I would close all those shades and everything. And then even like, sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night, at, like three in the morning. Cause I'd be freaking out. Cause I had these things happening where I felt like things were trying to pull me out of my body. A couple of times I found myself outside the house in my pajamas I don't know how yeah. that happens. And um, so a couple of times I was, I started when it first started, I sort of would wake up and see if the moth was gone because I, just to see if it had finally went away when the darkness had like settled and the light wasn't on for a while and it was still there. It never, it would never go away until the morning In the morning it would be gone. And then it would come back at, at sundown every single night for the entire summer. That's every single night. I just, I don't, I wasn't, I never saw this moth, but, uh, you know, it sounds scary. I don't know where I was when this happened. You, I think you did see it actually. I don't think you wanted to see it, but mom, mom came up and helped me with it. And, um, I don't know. I thought you saw it because, you know, I definitely talked about it a lot. Uh, well, I, I know that, but yeah. I, I, years later when I, I was driving a taxi cab, in San Francisco and um, this guy, you know, was hailing a cab and he had a trench coat on. I pick him up and, you know, there's, there's these moths in the, the cab flying around. 
And I was like, what the hell is this shit? I tried to open up the window. Guy gets, I drop him off. Uh, and he, you know, he gets out, he paid me, he gets out of the cab and opens up his jacket and went <laughs> some weird noise like that. Wow. And the moth flew in his jacket. And, moth. and I was like, I don't know, but I, I told people about it after work, you know, other fellow cab drivers and they just didn't believe me. And I, I don't know, but you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird um, thing. Yeah. That's a weird, it was really weird. And I don't even know to this day if it was real or not, but back, back to your, the moth, uh, the moth story in the house. Do you feel like it was real or do you, what do you feel? No, about that I one? know it was real. Cause I mean, it was there for three months. It came every night. I saw it over and over again. And, mom saw it too i mean i know it was real i never doubted that it was real it was very big and really scary um other people saw it too i mean i had friends who came over and saw it i mean my friend leslie saw it the neighbor um it was real so i mean but i and it didn't make any sense because it was so big and it was so creepy looking and strange but um i i i it, 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 it went along with all of the other phenomena that was happening at the same time. And it was years later, I was telling someone about this who was like, he knew a lot about the paranormal stuff. And he told me that he started telling me about the Mothman prophecy book. And that was probably in, I think I was probably in my early twenties, like in the 1990s or something. And um, he, uh, he thought it was like a Mothman kind of sighting or like a mo baby Mothman, he said. And I was like, you know what? And I, I, after I saw the movie many years later, I was like, you know what? That is so much like what happened to me because not only was the bait, this moth creature coming, okay, there was all this other phenomena around it, which was I had this experience where I was out of sync with time where I would dream whole days before they happened and answer the phone before it rang and start talking. Somebody would start talking to me. I would think that they were talking to me, but it, they hadn't said anything yet. I would answer them and they would be, how did you know it was me? How did you know what I was going to say? And I couldn't really, I don't know. I just was like, I heard it. Like it was real. It was like, I was like a step or two ahead of time. It was freaking weird. Like I said, I feel like it was some kind of time anomaly that happened. It was really strange. And um, whatever these beings were that were coming to me, trying to pull me out of my body, which I would, I did not go with them. I fought them off all the time and I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I would wake up and I would keep the lights all on in the room. And I would, you know, sometimes I would just sleep in the daytime because I couldn't sleep at night. It was, I was really, really, really terrified because the other thing that was happening too, besides that was I was hearing, and not just me, but my friends like Nicole and um, Natasha and Valerie and I can't even remember and I think Leslie heard it too a bunch of different friends would hear on the phone when I'd be talking to them we would hear this same creepy voice that I described in the beginning which was this <laughs> and um, oh, I, it, it was super creepy and Natasha told me that um, I guess one time I, I, I talked to her and then I hung up and she said she couldn't hang up her phone and she heard this <laughs> creepy laughing and it's like really demonic voice and she got really freaked out and um and then it was i remember happening actually because you thought there 
Like someone was tapping the phone or something yes, like that. Yes, I did. I thought someone was tapping yeah. the phone because the, t- the wire, it seemed, I thought maybe it was a cross wire or something like that. I was getting like, I didn't, none of it made any sense. It was so weird. And it's, it kind of was, so it just kind of escalated. And like I said, I would know what was going to happen. I would be answering people before they, you know, picking up the phone, all this weird stuff like that and dreaming days before they happened. And it kind of culminated with, the final thing, which was um, before I had a kind of a meltdown where I felt like I've got to deal with this because I, I, I'm going to lose my fucking mind, excuse my language, as I felt like it was just I'm going to become schizophrenic or something. There's something really weird happening. And I can't control it. And I was getting really scared. The final thing was when uh, before it kind of broke was um, Nicole had uh I I called her. I had gone in the morning with that boy that I was saying about Nick, him and his family to Marriott's Great America. Like I left at like eight in the morning. We got there around nine and we spent the day until about 5 p.m. And we came home. And when we came home, I called her and she invited me over to sleep over her house. And so I was hanging out with her by her pool and she started telling me, all the stuff. Now that morning I had gotten a phone call from her and I was half asleep and I picked it up and I was listening to her tell me how, what her dreams were and how Natasha had slept over the night before and how Natasha's sister had come to pick them up and how Natasha's sister had gotten her nipples pierced and all these really weird things that had happened. Like, you know, very specific. Okay. So I'm sitting there. Back then, Nipples pierce was a weird thing. It was very weird. Yeah. And I was like, this is all whatever. And so I remembered all of it. And then at five o'clock at, at night, I was sitting there, you know, um, talk, she was starting to tell me all these same things. So I had this dream and it was blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you told me this. And she was like, no, I didn't. I go, yeah, you did. I, I go, yeah, you know, and this happened and that happened. And she's like, no, Denise, I never said that. I go, yeah, and Natasha slept over, and she, you guys, like, your, the sister came and picked her up, and she got her nipples pierced or whatever. And she's like, Denise, I didn't talk to you today. She was completely, like, white as ghost, freaked out. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, you called me this morning before I went, before I went to Marriott's Great America. She goes, no, I didn't. I slept until noon. You were gone. I have not talked to you till like, you called me when you got home. I was sleeping. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. And so she was completely like, oh, you know, she was scared. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? You know, why am I having this happen? So long story short, that like within a couple of days, I was talking to Leslie about it. And Leslie said she knew someone who had had a similar experience, like this girl named Isabella. So she said, well, maybe we should call Isabella. And by this time, I wasn't able to, I like wasn't even taking a shower or sleeping or anything. I was so scared because every time I go to sleep, I'd feel things pulling me out of my body. I was finding myself in weird places. I was really scared. And I know I didn't know this because I was dealing with all this, but mom told me that you were hiding in closets and you were really freaking out that there was like, there was something in the house that was, there's something going on. It was it was really scary. It had a, the feeling of the house was really now, ominous. It was really scary. And you were pretty young at the time too. I think you were probably. Yeah. I felt safer in a little tiny closet. How old were you? Probably like eight. Or like if I was 12, no, you were probably like, like nine or eight or nine. Yeah. You, you were a little kid. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. Yeah, you were a kid, and and um and I didn't know you were doing that. You were like sleeping. You were getting into hampers. You were sleeping in the closet and stuff like that. You, but I don't blame you because the feeling was really oppressive and kind of evil and really creepy feeling, or there's something just alien or really weird going on. In fact, mom actually called the Air Force about that black line because. I showed it to her, and she thought maybe it was a weather anomaly. But, of course, weather anomalies don't stay there for three months at a time. It was not a weather anomaly. But I just I didn't know what was going on. No, we, none of us knew what was going on. So when my friend said that she had a friend that was had a similar experience, I thought, okay, great. You know, So she came over to the bed. She was in my bedroom making the phone call to this girl, Isabella. And I'm like, you know what? While you talk to her, can I just take a quick shower? Because I couldn't even take a shower by myself. I was so freaked out. I felt like people, things were watching me and I was getting really paranoid. It was really, I couldn't sleep and all that stuff. So she said, okay, yeah. And then I knew something was going to happen. I'm in the shower, had the soap in my hair. And all of a sudden she pounded on the door really loud. I like screamed. And I'm like, She's like, Denise, you've got to come in there. This, the phone's gone dead. I, t- I was talking to Isabella and it went dead. And I don't know. Mm. I can't get it to, I can't get it to, you know, clear. I can't call her back. I'm like, okay, I'm sure as soon as I get out and hear this, it'll clear. Cause that's, it. and so I washed it, the stuff out of my hair. I came in there and I could hear it was dead. She said she heard something mm. on the line. I, I hung up the phone, cleared it. And I was sitting there. She called her back. And Isabella, she said that she had, she told me that she had been talking to Isabella. She heard piano music in the background because Isabella played piano and the mom had come and, you know, answered the phone and given it to Isabella. And she started talking to her when it went dead and this weird voice was on there. And then it, it just went silent and she couldn't get the line to be normal again. So she calls back while I'm there. And according to, you know, she, Isabella, she never called. There was never a phone call. So she's like, no, you didn't call me. I, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't talk to you today or whatever. And I heard her on the other, cause you know, it was like, I was right next to the phone and I could hear Isabella saying, no, you never called me. There was no, I wasn't playing the piano. No, you know, just sort of like, and, and then, you know, they kind of talked a little bit about what was going on and Isabella wasn't really of any help. But I realized while all of that was going on and I was getting so insanely scared because during that same period of time that mom thought I was going to become a nun because I had like four uh, rosaries wrapped around my bedpost and everything. And I was praying every night, like, please, Jesus, help me, you know, please, God, stop this from happening. And it was not helping at all. It was, in fact, it was getting worse every, all the time, no matter what I did. And so um, that's when I decided that day, I'm like, fuck this shit. And I just said, get the fuck away from me. And I literally just yelled at this thing, this energy, and just told it to give me the, leave me the fuck alone. Leave my family alone. You're not welcome here. You have no right here. And then it kind of settled down. It kind of settled down. I wasn't being tortured like I had been. And it kind of stopped. Now, it didn't completely go away. There was still some, like, residue weird things that were happening. Like, I would still be answering the phone before it rang and things like that. And it took about a year for it to really kind of level out where I wasn't totally, you know, where I wasn't doing that kind of stuff anymore. But it really kind of stopped all those beings. And that's when the, and that is when the um, moth left me alone. 
That's when the moth like didn't show up that night. That was the yeah. last day of the moth when I told it to get the fuck away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in retrospect, when I watched the Mothman movie, because of course, like, I, I don't know why, like, I, I could never figure out why I didn't read the book I, because I, you know, it's one of those things I, when he told me about this, I thought, well, I don't know. And I wasn't, I, it had happened so long ago. I didn't really think it was, I didn't think there'd be any benefit in reading the book. But so I, when I saw the movie and realized that the Mothman showed up right before that bridge collapsed. And at, ironically, it was the same year that I was born in 1967. Um, I realized in retrospect during that summer, that's when I noticed the lump that was behind my ear. Remember like that lump that yeah. turned into a really big tumor and yeah. that tumor almost killed me. That was like a week away from killing me. So I don't know, maybe perhaps it was just some alien being or some interdimensional being that I was scared of that because it was creepy looking that wasn't really there to harm anybody, but maybe to warn me about something, but I couldn't because it was so foreign and creepy. It just seemed demonic to me and evil, you know, but it maybe wasn't really about that. Maybe it just appeared that way because it was so unusual and so foreign, you know, and um, maybe it was actually a positive thing, you know, that was trying to tell me because I do remember feeling it growing and it was really early on and I had mom take me to the doctor and the doctor was kind of lame, but um, I think, you know, perhaps that's, it, it was a warning about that, you know, it's possible because I don't know any other reason why that happened. And to this day, I don't really know, but I, all I know is that those kind of experiences where, the psychic ability gets totally tweaked out and out of control that, and there's interdimensional or I've seen UFOs before, you know, saw the UFO when, when I was 10, actually, I don't think you, you didn't see that because it was on my 10th birthday. So you would have only been like seven or yeah, you yeah. Just turned seven or something. And that was in Winneka. Um, and that was right before dad died that there was a, I saw a huge UFO um, when we were downstairs in the basement. Like, you remember those windows went all the way up like sheet glass um, walls, you know, that you could see the forest behind from the basement. And yeah. I was with my whole little girls, all the girls that were sleeping over that night and we were playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. And I, I looked up and saw a UFO and I, I could not believe it because remember, Winneka is like, there, it's a total bedroom community. There's nothing in the sky. I mean, you never even saw aircraft at night. Um, it was so quiet and there's no reason an aircraft would even be flying over there. And it was like 10 o'clock at night and it was gigantic and it was all thousands of different lights and I thought maybe it was a blimp at first I was trying to figure out if it was some kind of blimp because it was moving so slowly it was going like it was it was going it was almost completely still but just like barely moving like it was crazy slow and I thought like I, I thought maybe it was a blimp I was trying to figure out if it was a blimp or if it was really a UFO and by the time I figured, like, I better tell someone because this thing is going to disappear. No one's going to see it. I knocked the girl next to me, Leslie, who was one of the neighbor girls, and the other, actually different Leslie, ironically, neighbor. Both neighbors were named Leslie. But, um, <laughs> and she she was like, I go, do you see that? And she's like, oh, my God, yeah. And so we both saw it, but then it disappeared. So she was the only other person that saw it. And 
I mean, I've seen other UFOs since, you know, multiple other times. And, um, you know, I've seen weird stuff. And I've seen, like, beings appear and stuff like that. Um, you know, I had this experience with my friends, Mary and her, her, her sister Kristen and me were on a beach in Southern California, we, it, like a Zuma beach and a private area of Zuma beach, like a different place that you can't access very easily. And we were waiting for this gathering to happen on the beach and we walked down the beach and there were these um, giant monolithic rocks that were there and we just walked into this area. It was like this alcove. And all of a sudden we saw these giants that were walking. It looked like there were these giant, like 10 foot tall, nine foot tall, 10 foot tall, luminous white beings that were all male was like beards. Some of them had beards. Some of them had like longish hair. They all had different look to them, but they were all obviously the same type of being. And they had long robes and they were walking down these, these boulders, like they were steps. And and we all just stood there like, what the hell are we looking at? And we had, we, right before that happened, we had seen these lights over the water. And I didn't put it together like it was some kind of alien encounter or it was something, anything like that. All of these things have happened sort of in, you know, I, it, was, it was years later when I had a, and also I was around the same period of time I had a mystery. Thanks for tuning in to the interviewer with Beef Tech. If you have any questions or if you want to be a guest, you could email me at theinterviewerwithbeeftech@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Till next time.